0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, we thank you for that beautiful song. And we thank you that we have got you in our lives. We don't have to be alone. We've got each other. So Father, come now by your Spirit, open up our heart. Wherever we're at, whatever's happening in our world, come and speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, team. Well, happy lockdown, everybody. This says it all. You can buy this off me for about $300. I've got four of them. Um, Well, at least all our dogs are going to be happy. All the dogs out there, you're happy. You got everyone home for 24 seven. You're gonna get lots of walks, five walks a day. Uh, so a few thoughts. right in the chat, what keeps you sane during lockdown? And perhaps we can get a few um, hints off one another. Don't forget to encourage one another. Send a text. Make a phone call. Um, pray for people. Let's keep being in each other's world as much as we can. Let's be a people. I wrote this. Let's be a people who make the right sound. The sound God's people make is one of faith, hope, and love, and at the moment they say we've got more people ringing Lifeline than we ever have before and these people need us, the church, to be making a sound of faith, hope and love and all the kids doing school in online need the parents to have that sound too. Praying for all of you parents out there. All right. A couple of thoughts on restrictions. I don't like restrictions. One of my emotional needs is unrestricted boundaries. I don't know if anyone else has that need, but that is one of my emotional needs. And so I spoke to the Holy Spirit the other day about restrictions and he added a perspective. He is the great perspective adder. He said to me, human beings since the fall have always lived with restrictions. And I thought, yes, try jumping off a harbour bridge and flying. The restriction of gravity will keep you from doing that. We have also the restriction of decay. If you, I know you all look different to you did 10 years ago. We have the restriction of ageing and death. We all age, we all die, we all need sleep. And we're not good at everything. We have a restriction because we're not good at everything. Mindy will not let me join the creative team and sing. Why? Because I have the restriction of not being good at singing. Restrictions keep us humble. They keep us dependent on God. So I know it's tough, but let me tell you some good news. Even when we come out of this lockdown, as a human being, you are still going to have restrictions and God is going to use it for good in our life. So let's not waste a good restriction or in a good lockdown. Clean the cupboard, make a list, do a few things. All right, let me move on to the vaccine. Two thoughts from Scripture. We go to Scripture. We don't go to Facebook. We don't go to Google. We go to Scripture. Romans 14 is my vaccine scripture. It says this, One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each of you be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the Lord... Um, to the Lord. He does not observe it. So this scripture is saying whatever you do, vaccine or not vaccine, do it out of your own conscience and do it unto the Lord. And then it says this, therefore let us do not judge one another. For the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking or about the vaccine, but about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So don't let the vaccine become an issue that divides or distracts. Make it always about Christ. And another scripture, Matthew 15. You didn't know there were so many scriptures in the, in the Bible about vaccines. Well, there are. It says this, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. For out of the heart... Come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. So this scripture is saying that it's not what goes into us that makes us unclean. You might smoke. You might eat too much sugar. You might get to heaven because of those things before I do. But the scripture says it doesn't make you unclean. The scripture says that what makes us unclean is what comes out of us. The attitudes that come out of us. So... During this season, that is the thing that you watch. You watch what is coming out of you. So right now, you can go to the fridge and have a big piece of chocolate cake. All right, and I have a lockdown joke, two lockdown jokes. I'm currently helping my son search for his chocolate that I ate last night. Mm. And the longer this goes on, the harder it will, will be to return to a society where pants are acquired. Good. I can't hear any of you laughing, but I'm sure you are out there. Okay, we're kicking off our theme, human flourishing. God created you to flourish. He wants you and he created you to thrive and to prosper. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in some things, in a few things. No, in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. In this series, we're going to be talking about four things. I'm going to be talking about spiritual health. We're going to be talking about relational health, emotional health, and vocational health, having a purpose. Those are the four things that human beings need to flourish. So what is spiritual health? Well, let me ask you this question. What is your spirit? When God made you and gave you life, he made three parts of you. He made your body he made your soul your personality your mind your spirit your mind your will and your emotions and he made your spirit three separate parts that make the whole 1 Thessalonians 5 23 says this now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again it can be confusing for us Because we tend to focus on the body because we can see the body and we think that is us. But that's only one third of you. Two thirds of you, you can't see. You can't see right now my soul or my spirit. One day you will die. I know, great news. You tuned into church to hear hear that news. And how will you know when you die? You will know when you die because your spirit will leave your body. When you take your last breath you will die. Think of a respirator, a respirator. No, I have to ask Mindy this word. Respirator. respirator. She's here cheering me on. Um, think of a respir. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a breathing machine and you can hear the word spirit in it. What is it again, Mind? Respirator. respirator. When you no longer, when the respirator yes I got it 10 out of 10 Roz when that is turned off breath goes out of you you don't breathe and you die well it's the same as our breath when our breath goes out of us our time on earth is finished and we die Genesis 27 says this that God breathed life into men and women when he made us and we became a living soul we had a body But we weren't alive. It was only when he breathed into us, his breath, his spirit came into us that we came alive. And when that leaves, we will leave. When you die, your spirit will leave your body and it will go to heaven. And the good thing is it will take your soul with you. So you will leave your body, which for me will be a good thing, and we will go to heaven and get a new body. Proverbs 2027 20, says this: the spirit of the man, spirit of the woman, your spirit is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So this is just saying that where does God dwell? He lives inside us and he lives in our spirit. Deep in the part of us, the core part of you, the inner part of you, the part that only you know the deepest thoughts, that's where he dwells. And it says it's a beautiful scripture. It says it's like a candle. He's a candle in the deep part of you and he shines in the darkness and he gives you light, wisdom, truth and power. And we need that candle going 24-7. That candle never ends ever goes out and when we die we ride on that candle with our soul all the way to heaven to be with him so why is spiritual health important because it's your core the bible says that out of our heart comes all the issues of life and if you've got a healthy spirit you'll have a healthy soul and a healthy life you cannot have a toxic spirit and have a healthy soul and a healthy life right from your core has got to come health How do you become spiritually healthy? Or how do you become physically healthy? You have habits in your life. You have choices in your life. You wake up at 6.30 in the morning and you think, I don't want to go to the gym. I will go to the gym. I won't go to the gym. But you override your body and you say, yes, body. Your spirit says, yes, body, I'm going and I am going to the gym. And that is your habit and that is your choice. And you eat healthy things. And that's how you stay healthy. So it is with spiritual health. Spiritual health and physical health and emotional health and our relational health, is not, they're not automatic. You have to make decisions and have habits in your life. So I want to talk about four habits. The first habit is love God. The first habit, if you're going to have a healthy spirit, and I want you to have a healthy spirit, is to love God. Someone came to Jesus and they said, what is the most important commandment and this is what he says in mark 12 the most important one jesus answered is this hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength and the second is this love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than these he actually gave them two he asked for one and jesus gave them two commandments the word for love in the bible listen to this is worship whatever you love the most in your life You worship. If you love your boat most, you worship the boat. If you love the job the most, your partner, your body, you worship yourself. Everybody loves something the most. Every human being on the planet worships something. Jesus said to be spiritually healthy. Don't love your boat the most. Don't love your partner the most. Love him the most. Love Jesus more than anything. Spiritual health is measured by love loving him and loving one another the second habit I want to talk about today is regular time with God so the first one is loving God choosing who we love The next one is regular time with God when you love somebody you want to meet with them regularly and it's the same with God even if it's only 10 minutes or 20 minutes or five minutes whatever it is you make a date with God God always keeps the appointment God always keeps the date there goes my beautiful gold earring. Um, it doesn't have to be long, your time with God. It has to be habitual. I just got a, all the melancholics. Now, you, I hope you can cope with one earring and one non-earing. Um, all right. I just want to talk briefly about what I do with God. I think it depends your time with God. It doesn't have to be a certain time, whatever suits you, because you're an individual, you're unique. But I'll I'll just say this, whatever works for you, make sure you have time with God. Don't let it get boring. Change it up, change it around. You're unique. I also listen to God. You know, Jesus talked about this, three things. He said, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep listen to my voice, and my sheep know my voice. He says, the Bible says Jesus is wisdom from God. So if you want wisdom from your life, wisdom for your life, wisdom for your family, wisdom for your business, wisdom for your finances, the best wisdom you'll ever get is from Jesus Christ. Many people don't listen. Not many people listen to you. Not many people listen to him. We're not, as human beings, good listeners. But I encourage you to be a very good listener. Let everything go out. Go still and listen and then write down what he says because it's not just hearing it's listening and know his voice you get to know his voice by practicing and I know his voice very well I love his voice I love his voice more than any other voice that I know his voice can be very challenging it's always a hundred percent truthful and a hundred percent love and he never raves on there's no fluff it's straight to the point and it carries a lot of weight the next habit I want to oh I want to add also in that is reading the Bible. Psalm one says this. Those who delight in the law of the Lord, they shall be blessed. Who meditate on his Lord day and night. That's talking about the Bible. Delighting in the Bible. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prosper. So Scripture is talking about the Bible. If you want your life to prosper, your family, your relationships, it's saying read the Bible, listen to the Bible, and your, and your roots will go down deep. And when the storms come, your house will stand. It's that the, Jesus said it's like building your house, your life on a rock. When the storms come, you will still stand. And this scripture, I love this scripture. It's a beautiful picture. It doesn't matter whether there's, whether there's drought or there's no water. It's a picture of this tree just flourishing and bearing fruit in every single season. The next thing I want to talk about, the next habit that I have had in my life and the scripture talks about is tithing, what we do with our money. God wants us to give the first part of our money to him. Does he need our money? Is he writing an invoice up there thinking, I've got to pay Scott Morrison so they can pay all their bills? No, God doesn't need our money. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He wants what our money represents. What does our money represent? Well, the Bible says where we put our treasure That's where our heart is. Where we put our money, that's where our heart is. So our money, your money, represents your heart. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. So one thing he says to test us, test him in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates and pour in so much blessing and there will not be room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Tithing is spiritual. It's a spiritual practice. And the Bible says to tithe in your storehouse. Bring the tithe, the 10% of your income, to the house of worship as an act of worship. Your giving makes you spiritually healthy and transforms you. Because when you give, really the only way you can give to God is that you trust him you say God I'm going to trust you with my nine-tenths and it declares to God that you God are my provider and when you trust God it grows you spiritually so every time you tithe you are being transformed and you are growing spiritually and you are declaring to God like what else do you give to God what other physical resource can you give to God you are declaring God I am putting you first and God trusts you he says if i if i can trust you ros with the 10% i can trust you with more if ros gives me 10% i can trust to give her more and you know even when i was A young Christian at 20 years old, I was getting $33 a fortnight. And right from the beginning, I started tithing, giving $3.30 to God a fortnight. And it hasn't always been easy for Mark and I financially. Sometimes we've had to survive on peanut butter sandwiches. But it's not the brief season. It's over a lifetime of trusting God. And I have got a great, bold ask on me. I can ask God because I know he trusts me and I know that I'm putting him first and all my life he has provided for me. Last one I want to talk about is this. To be spiritually healthy, we have to love other believers. Not just love God. In 1 John 4:20 it says this, if someone says I love God but hates a fellow believer. This is what listen to what the scripture says. That person is a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. The proof that you are a disciple, the proof that you love God, the proof that you are following Christ is this that you love the church, that you love other believers. Why? Because the church, with all its imperfections, with its flaws, with its division, with its messiness, it matters. Well, who does it matter to? Does it matter to the media? Does it matter to Facebook, Instagram? Does it matter to your friends at work? Probably not. But it matters to God. It really matters to God. And if you love him, you will love his family. And it matters to him because it's his bride. And one day he's coming back for his bride. And it matters to him because he's building it. The Bible says he's building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So it doesn't matter what comes to take the church out, the church will never be taken out. It is prevailing and it is strong and has been birthed by God. And it is his family, his children. You know, if you don't love the church, how are you going to go in heaven? You're not going to go, you're not going to enjoy heaven because all that's going to be there is the church, is God's family. And I know it's not easy and I know it's difficult at times. The deepest wounds that I have had relationally have not come from people who don't go to the church. The deepest wounds have come from Christians. But guess what? The the Greatest moments in my life, the greatest sacrificial and fellowship and love I have ever seen has come from the church. We have an issue as Christians with expectations with the church and expectations from other believers. We don't tend to have higher expectations from the world or even from God, but we have this thing, we have high expectations from the church. I want to say this, lower expectations. We're all people with frailties. And it's going to be hard, you're going to get disappointed. You know, for me, I don't love the church because of what the church owes me, because of what the church gives me, because of how the church has treated me or has loved me. I love the church. Because Christ loves the church. And if he loves the church, I'm going to love the church. And I am the church. <laughs> spiritual health, lastly, spiritual health happens in community. You cannot be a disciple by yourself or in isolation. You cannot be a follower of Christ without community. You can know a lot by yourself, but you can't love and show grace and forgiveness and you cannot the bible says you cannot come to spiritual maturity without church family i want to finish on this this is a little concluding remark and it's called subset in our love for god there is a subset of people and i want as many of you to be in this subset as possible it's the subset of people who don't just love god they need god Mark and I have always been in that subset. We have just loved God. I have always needed God. Paul talks about the subset in Corinthians. He talks about having a thorn in the flesh. He asks God to take the thorn away. God doesn't answer him and he, said, and he keeps Paul humble and needing God because when we are weak, when you are weak, you need God. And it's it's hard in life. I know sometimes you feel thwarted in life, but there's this thing that God in his mercy, he keeps a thorn in our flesh so that we all need him. If we didn't need God, it would be the worst thing that could happen in your life or in my life. The one thing that I need is the presence of God. And you know, there's a great story in the Old Testament it talks about Jacob who wrestled with God. It's amazing that God lets us wrestle with him. God, Jacob wrestled with God and God blessed him, but Jacob walked away with a limp. All his life he'd been independent, but after this wrestle with God, he walked away with a limp. And I've heard a great saying, never trust, never trust a leader that hasn't got a limp. And um, the limp is the type and an illustration of Jacob the rest of his days. He depended and he needed God. And Tim Keller tells this amazing story. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer last year. He's a renowned author and pastor in New York. And he says this, they interviewed him and he said this, that more than being afraid to die, he's most fearful about regressing spiritually. If I get a really good diagnosis, a really good response to the cancer, and I live for a number of more years, he said, I never want to go back spiritually where I was before the cancer diagnosis, I never want to go to that, back to that place again. The reality is that most of us say we need to depend on God and we think we've got it sorted. However, we often don't depend on God like we should. We technically know that we're mortal. We technically know that God is in charge. But we actually experientially don't believe it until life gets beyond your ability and our ability to control it. So, right there, Tim Keller is saying, you know, after everything he's been through, the thorn in the flesh, the pancreatic cancer has brought him close to God and he needs God. He never wants to go back to that space where he didn't feel close to God. But, God, I'm praying for Tim Keller. I pray you bring him right through because he's a great voice in Christianity. I'm going to finish. And first of all, I want to finish with anyone. Who is listening and you don't know Christ I want to say a prayer and I invite you to pray this prayer with me and invite Christ into your life Lord Jesus I ask you into my life I open up my heart and right now I ask you to come into my spirit and be the candle in my spirit and light up on the inside so that when I die my spirit and soul will go and be with you forever in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, please reach out to us. We'd love to get to know you. And I just want to pray one more prayer for anyone who is really struggling spiritually. You know, there's always seasons in our life. There's been seasons in my life I've felt far away from God. I can't hear his voice. I've been feeling the wilderness, left in the wilderness. Always times like that or there's been disappointment there's been a wall between me and god if that's you i just want to pray for you father we're funny lot as human beings we put walls up we block you out and you never demand that we that we connect with you you wait father i pray for anyone listening that's feeling a far away from you Father, I pray that right now, that part inside them, their spirit, Father, would open up. Would open up. Doesn't matter what they've been through, what's happened. Father, you're there waiting. The candle is there waiting to light up. So, Father, come with your grace and with your forgiveness and your love, your enduring love and your power. Father, and I pray you light up and they know your presence. Fill them with your presence, Father. Father, help us to humble ourselves and come into your presence. Lord Jesus, fill us with your spirit. Father, remove any barrier and bring them back that they may know your voice all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks church. Love you. We love you. Mark and I love you. We're praying for you. Have a great week and let's pray that we have a breakthrough and we can all come down of out of lockdown soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit McCroyLifechurch.com.au.